most organizations really rely too much, and understandably, rely too much on the knowledge and the wisdom and the experience of the CEO. And we need to make sure that we're documenting things and thinking ahead continuity and succession planning and scalability. When you start adding people to the team and adding people to the board, how's that transfer of knowledge and, and, and that onboarding process and the orientation, how smooth is it? Is your board able to hit the ground running? Is your staff, your employees able to hit the ground running? Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Strategic Nonprofit Podcast. I'm your host, Trista McIver, and today we're going to be talking about a hot topic that's ideal for this time of year. We're going to explore the importance of director and staff manuals for effective board orientations. So you've got some directors coming on board, some new ones. Uh, keep listening as we've got the CEO from AMCMPO Solutions, Tom Abbott, who's going to tell us all about the ins and outs of directors and staff manuals. Today we'll be covering what they are, what they should what should be in them, and the difference between a director's manual and an employee manual. Welcome Tom. It's great to have you back. Thank you, Trista. Great to be back. I really love this talk about uh, manuals. <laughs> I mean most people don't like talking about manuals. It's a kind of a boring topic. However, uh, I think having um, clear guidelines and direction for both your board and your staff in an organization is uh, critical. So glad to be here. Excellent. So please, just let's start off the top here. <laughs> what are director manuals mm. and staff manuals? Well, basically what you're looking at is just having things documented. I think when most people, let's, let's just start with volunteer board members, yeah. um, but we could equally talk about staff, employees within any organization. People want to know, how do we do things here? How do things run? How do things work? What am I supposed to do? What am I not supposed to do? Um, tell me a little bit about this organization. How, how are things supposed to get done around here? Um, quite often, especially in smaller organizations, but large organizations are guilty of this as well, but particularly smaller ones that might have you know, maybe an executive officer or an ED or a CEO and there's only one staff person, mm -hmm. they have all of that information trapped up here in their head. And in some ways, they become indispensable. And maybe from an ego perspective, they feel like they're irreplaceable. But that's not really coming up with a succession plan, a continuity plan for the association. No one is going to be there forever. The executive director won't be there forever. The chair won't be there forever. Less so. I mean, chairs are going to rotate every year or two or three if you're lucky. But typically, every year or two, there's going to be a new chair. And your boards are rotating every one or two years. So where's the continuity? Where's the transfer of knowledge from one board to another, from one director to another, from one chair to another, from one ED to their staff as they start adding people to their organization in the office? Where's that knowledge transfer? How are you documenting this? So this is why manuals are so important. Excellent. So let's talk about a director's manual. Okay. What needs to be in that? Well. So I guess maybe the question is sort of like, should we have one ring to rule them all? Like one manual for right. everything? Or should we perhaps have two? So mm. if, if you follow the complementary model of board governance, which we're sure you do, with the complementary model of board governance, you'll know that we advocate having two very distinct manuals. One is what we call a director's manual 
AKA, also known as a board manual. The other being a staff manual, which some of you might refer to as an employee manual or an employee handbook. Well, when I break it down like that, they're both very different documents. Mm -hmm. The director's manual is for the board of directors, unsurprisingly, and that would contain board governance material, policy material, which I'm happy to elaborate on in a few minutes, but it's really uh, information solely for the board. It's board policies, governance policies. The staff manual or the employee manual, that would be more like an employee handbook or a staff handbook that would have uh, more administrative policies. Um, uh, hours of work, codes of conduct for the staff, uh, dress code for example, vacation entitlement, um, you know, uh, hours of work, how we do things in the office. So that would be more the employee handbook or the, the staff manual. Very different documents. Excellent. Well, thank you for explaining the difference um, between the two. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm here on the podcast today. <laughs> well, I'm so happy to have you here. <laughs> so you kind of touched on a little bit about why it's um, important to have two separate manuals. Right. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, so why is it important? Well, yeah. <laughs> here's, the, here's one of the big problems that I hear from um, CEOs, the chief staff officer. They often are concerned that their board is too involved in the operations. They're too involved in the day-to-day. -day. They want to find out, hey, how long is Julie working in the office? And how much is John getting paid? And why are they doing things this way? And what's your policy around you know, this, that, and the other? These are not things that the board needs to be concerned about. Now, should the board be concerned and confident that the CEO is complying with labor standards and employee standards and WCB and what? Yes, yes. But the specifics, no. So the board just needs to make sure that the ED, the CEO, is in compliance with and that we're doing things in accordance with legislation and laws and basic standards. So as long as that criteria is being met, fine. Anything over and above that is not your concern, not at all. That's why you hire a CEO for them to do all of that. Things like you know, uh, internet or dress code, these are not things that the board should be concerned about at all. Mm -hmm. When do we do bank deposits? All of these kind of things is not the uh, concern of the board, should not be. That's why we would have two distinct manuals. One is that the board should be concerned about and one they should not be concerned about at all. So you wanna have that separation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and the separation, and we talk about that in our complementary model of board governance, our book. Now there's 10 sections that are mm. important you know, right. to have in, in, a, in, in our director's manual. Right. So what are those? Yeah, so that's a great question. So again, I talked about there are some things that you'd find in the staff manual mm -hmm. that you would not find in the board manual or the director's manual. You could try to see the director's manual as a... Uh, board orientation manual, right? So you've just onboarded some new directors, your AGM just happened, and you've got a, a green, fresh, new board member who's like, hey Trista, what do I do? What do we do here? What are we all about? So there would be an orientation done, typically, either one-on-one -on -one or with the new directors, maybe with your current chair or your past chair. That's a really nice role for the past chair as kind of a, you know, passing the torch, the, you know, 
passing the mantle and all those metaphors and really mm -hmm. onboarding the new directors. Hey, mm -hmm. I'm the past chair and I want to make sure that I leave this board in as good shape or better than when I came here. So let me onboard these new directors mm -hmm. and walk them through the director's manual. What should be in there? Number one, a little section on the history of the organization. Who we are, what we do, who we serve, um, you know, any uh, background, who are some of the founding members. That historical information, mm -hmm. I think, is a really important section to have in a board manual. So that's number one. And then the second part that you want to have would be something around the mission and the vision and the strategic plan of the organization. So something around some current issues maybe. What are we tackling? What are we working on? What have been some big projects or contentious issues that we've looked at over the last year or two? Mm -hmm. Some hurdles, maybe some accomplishments or milestones. Mm -hmm. Have that also in section two. So again, you want to have your mission statement, some current issues, and the latest version of your strategic plan. Now, if when you hear me say that, you go, oh geez, latest version of our strat plan, I think that's 2016 or 2018, <laughs> then it might be time to revisit your strategic plan and maybe have a strategic planning session. You can learn more about that in another podcast episode we did. <laughs> Link in the show notes, okay? All right, so that, that's something else. Now, you also, for section three, you want to have something around your governance and your management philosophy. So how do we as an organization govern ourselves? You might have something around the vision and the mission of the organization. Maybe talk about what are the roles of the board versus the roles of the chief staff officer in there. You may also include something about the role of the board. What should they be doing? Things like approving the strategic plan, for example, setting the governance policies for the organization, uh, providing legal and financial stewardship of the organization. These are the key responsibilities of the board. Uh, something about monitoring and evaluating the performance of the CEO. You want to mention that as, as what the board needs to be doing. Um, and hiring and evaluating the CEO. You want to make sure that there's some mention of that in the director's manual. So that's just around the governance and the management philosophy. Who is supposed to do what? The division of, of, of duties, for example. The fourth section that you'll want to find in the board manual would be actual board policies themselves. So this is where you would actually have these policies. It could be conflict of interest guidelines, it could be codes of conduct for example, any policy matters related to finance or fundraising or public relations, maybe media contact. So who's the, who's the media contact? So if, for example, media reaches out to the board, who do they talk to? Mm -hmm. Is it the chair? Is it the vice chair? Is it someone on the communications committee? Is it your CEO? There's no right answer, but there needs to be an answer. And that mm -hmm. should be outlined in the director's manual. Board performance evaluations should be included in there. In case you're wondering, well, what are board performance evaluations? Well, that's all around monitoring organizational effectiveness. We've probably done a podcast on that too. Link in the show notes. But you definitely want to be monitoring organizational performance. So you want to have some policies around that. So that would be a section in and of itself in the board manual. You also want to have a section on committee operations. So do we have committees? Um, so any board approved policies related to the operation of board committees and board task forces should be included in there. Again, you want to have some conflict of interest guidelines for those committees in there uh, as well. 
Uh, section six should be any legal documents. So for example, your bylaws and constitution should be in there. So again, latest version of your constitution and your bylaws. When I say latest, when's the last time you actually did a bylaw review? So talk to us if you want to find out more information about how to do a bylaw review. But your latest version of the bylaws should be in there. These are the types of dusty old documents that most board members have never looked at. And then what happens at a board meeting or even worse at an AGM when a situation comes up and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle it because there's either they don't know or there's nothing documented. So look, you always want to have a source document, some source material that you can refer to um, to address any problems or issues that arise at an AGM. So for example, can you have nominations from the floor? Yes or no? Do you know? Maybe not. Check your bylaws, right? So you want to have that in the manual. It's also really nice to have a, uh, a contact list mm -hmm. of uh, key volunteers so that the board knows how to get in contact with each other. So you want to have a contact list or an org chart for the volunteers and a contact list. And uh, section eight should also be a staff organization chart and contact list. Now, this is not for the staff to start calling up, uh, for, for the board to start calling staff members, no. However, I think it is critical for the board to at least know who are the key staff members. What is that org chart? What does our organization look like? Who are the key players on the team in terms of you know, senior managers or directors of certain um, um, programs, for example, and just have their contact details in case of emergency. But again, this is not for the board to be contacting the staff. Certainly, the staff should not be contacting random board members with concerns or questions or queries, and it's not for the board to be directing any of those employees to do anything. This is not on this podcast, but I'm going to say it. The board has one employee and one employee only, and that is your chief executive officer, your CEO. That is your sole employee. All of the other employees of the society, they don't work for you. They work for the CEO. So just keep that in mind. They don't report to you. Please don't talk to them, okay? Um, and then number nine, there should be terms of reference for all committees. So every single board committee or task force, you want to have terms of reference. So listing who's the chair of the committee, who are the members of the committee, what is the mandate, the purpose of the committee, what's the timeline, like is there a time horizon or a sunset clause for that committee? Typically not for stat committees, but for um, task forces, yes, there's a sunset clause because there's a purpose, a specific reason for that task force to exist. It's to explore um, and look at the feasibility of something or get some research on a particular issue or topic to make a recommendation on a policy. What, so what's the purpose of that task force? Um, is there a budget allocated for that committee or task force as well? You would want to include that in the terms of reference. So you're already seeing and I've talked a lot, but you're already seeing that documenting things, having things in writing, helps an organization function more smoothly. So having terms of reference for committees, a lot of organizations don't even have that. Many don't even have committees, but step one, have committees. Step two, terms of reference for those committees. And then finally, number 10, what should be included in all board manuals would be uh, you know, copies of, let's say, the, the last six months worth of board meetings, for example. So if I was joining as a new board member, I would want to say, all right, so what have you guys been working on? 
What are some of the issues you've been debating and discussing and any mo recent motions that have been passed at meetings? Mm -hmm. I want to be able to look through the minutes of the most recent meetings just to kind of get up to speed and know what's going on so that I can hit the ground running at my very first board meeting. So those are the 10 sections in a director's manual. <laughs> those, are, those are really great sections, absolutely. I really, um, what I'd really like to know is could there be any crossover between the board manual, director manual, mm. and the staff manual? Would there be something that could? Something depend? in one or the other? Something yeah, in something, both? Yeah, yeah great question. Both. Yeah. So what I would suggest, so again, don't put any operational administrative policies mm. in the board manual. Mm -hmm. However, you might want to have some things from the board manual included in the staff manual. Mm -hmm. For example, the strategic plan you might want to put in there so that the staff actually know what the heck are we doing here? Like, what are we working towards? Like, what are we aspiring to? And what is our reason for being? Right. And how do we hold ourselves accountable? And how will the board hold us accountable as staff? So you'll definitely want to have, you know, the latest copy of the strategic plan, maybe the, the mission, uh, I was going to say mission, the mission and vision of the organization yeah. also included mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. so that the staff know, like, what are we here for? And what are we working towards? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I know um, some organizations actually have the mission and vision post on the wall. Mm, yeah, I love that. Right? So yes. then it's actually, you know, it's their front of mind and, and all that. So yeah, that's great. Exactly. So I think we kind of talked, like, how would a, um, how might a board policy sort of appear in both manuals? Like, I know you talked about the strategic plan, but are mm. there any policies that might? Well, Going I mean, both, con conflict of interest policies mm -hmm. could be in there, mm -hmm. for example. So yeah. I think that's really important so, so that the staff know like what we should and should not do. Mm -hmm. Codes of conduct, for example. So you can mm -hmm. definitely, the CEO can draw upon these as inspiration to be, to be put in there. So I mm -hmm. think that's really important. But really the staff manual needs to focus on more operational things. Staff policies and procedures. Hours of work, when do we take lunch, when do we take coffee breaks, what's the dress code. Again, a staff conflict of interest policy should be included in there. Maybe how do we actually process membership applications? Like the like how do we do it? How do we certify or accredit certain members or evaluate them or things like that? Mm -hmm. When do we do bank deposits? Like these are all administrative things that we definitely need to document. Staff policies like maternity, paternity, bereavement leave, sick leave, overtime, vacation entitlement, staff travel, all of these things are important but they are set by the CEO, not by the board. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Got it. Distinction. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> distinction of clarity. Right. So is there anything else that you'd like to sort of share about about, about the different manuals? I, I would just say, I think just to kind of you know wrap it up and put a nice little bow on everything is if, if you haven't already, start to document things. Get, get everything out of your head most organizations really rely too much, and understandably, rely too much on the knowledge and the wisdom and the experience of the CEO. And we need to make sure that we're documenting things and thinking ahead, continuity and succession planning and scalability. When you start adding people to the team and adding people to the board, 
How's that transfer of knowledge and, and, and that onboarding process and the orientation, how smooth is it? Is your board able to hit the ground running? Is your staff, your employees able to hit the ground running? So make sure that you're documenting things and separating them from is this staff policies and procedures or are these board policies? So start first with documenting and then separating into those two distinct manuals. Brilliant. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast again. Thanks for hosting this uh, podcast and thanks for having me on. Thanks, Tom. If your organization needs help creating or reviewing your director and staff manuals, drop us a message and we'll be happy to discuss how our experienced senior governance consultants can help. You can reach us at amcnposolutions.com or via my email, success at amcnposolutions.com. More details in the show notes.